Good morning, and welcome to this special episode of Crime Over Coffee. My name is Bryce, typically your audio recorder and editor, but today I am co-hosting with Erica. Our other host, Abby, is unable to join us, but no worries, she will be back as your co-host for this upcoming Thursday's episode. So, if you listened to our last two episodes, Lauren Spear and Israel Keys, there is a reason we discussed those two cases back-to-back. We believe there is a possible connection between this missing college student and this mysterious serial killer. So, pour yourself a strong cup of joe, and let's dive into our theory. So this theory dates back a couple of months. As two crime enthusiasts, we were researching some well-known criminals. In this case, we were looking at serial killers. One of them happened to pique our interest, Israel Keys. Our last episode dove deep into his history and some of the cases he was known for. So if you'd like to be caught up on that, it would be a great episode to listen to. Also, this bonus episode covers some of the fine details about the night Lauren Spirit went missing. So the episode before Israel's might be a good one to listen to as well. So as we were researching the travel logs and other information on him, we noticed multiple trips to and through northern Indiana, more specifically Fort Wayne, Indiana. And since Israel has so many potential unsolved cases, we thought it would be the perfect opportunity to do some research of our own. We ended up looking through records of missing people in Indiana, and there was just one person that fit within the time periods he would have been in the area, Lauren Spear. And this launched us down a very deep rabbit hole of research and drawing connections between these two cases. So if you want to follow along with us, we're going to post a picture of the relevant parts of his travel records on both our Instagram and our Facebook. The first date that we're going to point out is June 2nd of 2011, where he made a flight from Anchorage, Alaska to Chicago, Illinois, and the same day rented a vehicle in Des Plaines, Illinois. And if you look, the very next day, he has multiple transactions on the Indiana toll road, which being from here, we know that the only toll road in Indiana runs along the top of the state near the border. Which would make sense given that his next destination is in Essex, Vermont. So it appears as though he is making a direct trip from Chicago across Indiana and up into Vermont. Which is actually where the Bill and Lorraine Courier murder happened. So looking back at the travel records, you can actually see that that would leave a whole five days that are unaccounted for when the trip from Chicago to Vermont should have only taken about 15 hours. And another detail that makes me wonder just a little bit more is the way that it says that there are multiple transactions along this toll road. And typically... You only have one transaction for a toll road unless you leave the toll road. And the trip across the top of Indiana really isn't all that long. I guess he could have stopped for gas. But I think these two pieces of information together, the fact that it could have taken him up to five days to make this trip, and the fact that there are multiple transactions, suggests that he could have very easily taken some sort of detour to another part of the state. So this does put him in the same state at roughly the same time as her disappearance. Which, if you remember from her episode, she did go missing the morning of June 3rd. And we realized that this information wasn't enough. Definitely not enough, which is why we dove even deeper and discovered that back in 2007, he made another trip to Indiana, specifically to Fort Wayne. 
The reason we went back in time to look through his travel records was because Israel was known for planning his murders and putting a lot of thought into where he was going to act out his crimes and what he was going to use for these crimes. So oftentimes he would, months or even years ahead of time, bury or hide the kill buckets, which we talked about in his episode. So the fact that we saw another visit to Indiana years ago was really curious to us. So we started looking into this one too. When we started looking, we saw that he had made a flight from Washington into Indiana on December 5th, 2007. And it's believed that he had family in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is likely the reason for this trip. However, we noticed that it wasn't until December 8th, three days after he arrived, that he rented a vehicle from Enterprise. If he did have family in the area, that could make a lot of sense because they could have picked him up from the airport on the 5th and they could have been where he stayed for those three days. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. So he had this car for three days and somehow managed to drive 537 miles in that time. So where could he have gone? That's a great question. And we looked into the distance between Fort Wayne and Bloomington, and that's a round trip of only about 350 miles. And part of his contract with the car rental company said that he couldn't leave the state or wasn't supposed to. So that really adds to the fact that he's got to be driving around somewhere in Indiana for those 500 and some miles. Another piece of information we came across was the fact that he didn't return the rental car until a day later than he was supposed to, which would seem to suggest that he was taking his time with something that did require a lot of planning. Which could have been when he was planting the kill bucket that he would have used later in 2011. So now that we've laid the groundwork for Israel's visits to Indiana, we can start to see how everything falls into place that early morning of June 3rd. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So to recap, on the night of June 2nd, Lauren had gone out with a group of friends to some bars in downtown Bloomington and had eventually ended up back at a friend's apartment. And her friends report that she was last seen around 4.15 to 4.30 in the morning on June 3rd, 2011. So now that we have gone over the information of both of Israel's trips to and through Indiana and reviewed Lauren's night, it basically breaks down like this. This is what we believe happened. We believe that in December of 2007, Israel made a trip to Fort Wayne to visit family, during which he got his own rental car 
traveled down to Bloomington, which is a very large college campus, which would be a great place for a person like him to find a victim, did whatever planning he needed, which possibly included planting a kill bucket, then went about his days for the next four years. He then returned in 2011 during his trip up to Vermont. He took a detour back down to Bloomington in the middle of the night, waited for a victim, which just so happened to be Lauren Spear, who was walking down a dark alley after seeing her friends for the last time, and this would have been a perfect opportunity for him to abduct her. And because he was known to be very good at hiding bodies, taking them even across state lines, whatever he had to do, she was never found again. So just a reminder, part of Israel's MO was for most of his victims to be left as missing people. So the fact that her body was never found basically just goes to show that it wasn't just a amateur group of college students freaking out over a possible drug overdose and that most likely a more meticulously minded person had something to do with her disappearance. Because it's been over eight years at the time of this recording and there's been no evidence, no clues, no people feeling guilty and coming forward. There's been absolutely nothing which just fits really well within... I guess you could call it his M.O. And that pretty much wraps up our theory. And we would love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, There's a few ways to get in contact with us. So, Erica, why don't you let everyone know how to do that? You can email us at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. You can message us on Instagram at crimeovercoffee. Or you can check us out on Facebook at crimeovercoffeepodcast. Podcast.